like Easter today, isn't it? In fact, it is. As our God reminds us, He has conquered death. And that is true today. We, we hear that reality reflected in our text today from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We read it earlier. I want to read it again just so it's in, in front of us again. Paul writes it by the Spirit. He says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as Adam all die, and so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, who has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Does that pump you up? You know what I mean? When I was in grade school, which was quite a while ago now, more and more so. I remember this game, and I'm just curious if anyone else ever played this game. It's called King of the Hill. Anybody ever play that game? Yeah, quite a few hands going up, and, and it's very different. I, I don't really care for this show that bears that title, but I, there's a picture of it, because in Minnesota, uh, where I grew up, we played this not so much in the summertime. We played it in the wintertime. And, and the reason was simple, because there were lots of mountains and, and hills in the wintertime, because I loved it. it. In my grade school, they would, you know, push the snow off the parking lot. And that was usually kind of in September, August kind of time in Minnesota. And, and, and they make these big mountains of snow. And, uh, and, and we would uh, rush as soon as the bell went off for recess. We'd go sprinting, not down the hallway. We had to walk down the hallway. But as soon as we hit the doorway out to the, to the playground, we would sprint out to the playground, and the first thing we do is we run it and see who's the fastest to get up to the top of the snow drip pile of snow, and, and if you were not the first one there, then you started to push the other person who was already there, and, and then someone else would push somebody off, and, and of course it's snow, so you'd land in the snow, and it was a lot of fun, even though it sounds very violent to say that today, right? But man, was it fun. And Marcus Moengel, he'd usually be the first one out there. And Pat Feldman would push him off. And then I'd push Pat off. And then Krista Anger would come rushing in. And she'd push me off. And, and, and so it would go. And then we'd get tired. And we'd laugh. And then we'd go play on the swing set for a while. But then when the time came, uh, when we knew recess was almost over, we would always go back to the snow pile again and play the game. And the reason was, is by the time that the recess bell to end recess would ring, it was always one of those moments to say, who is going to be king or queen of the hill today? And I remember I always wanted to be the king. I longed for it. Rarely was I, but man did I want it. There's something about it, having that title for the rest of the day, saying, I am king of the hill. I conquered, I won, I am victorious. I, you know, I, you might say, man, you, you, you didn't have much to focus on in your younger days, did you? Right? <laughs> the reality is I've realized that as I grew up, the game didn't change. And, and it's true of you too. When you think of the pursuits for passion and power and prestige that consume so much of our time. And our desire to have 
maybe it's, it's not just the job title, maybe it's not just to have that position of power in, in work or in, in retirement to say, I'm retired, and it's maybe your badge of honor that you wear because it puts you in a great spot today. Maybe it's the, having the last word in every conversation. I, I find this interesting. I, I do this with my kids all the time when we have our back and forth moments and, and when the flesh is prevailing in our house rather than spirit. And that desire to have the final word. Or with my spouse. Or with co-workers. Or maybe like this. It's how often can, can it, it, it mask this desire to be on top of the hill. And, and to be the one who is in charge or in control. It can kind of go like this. Is maybe we will do something that seems really motivated in love and care and concern. And yet after we get done emptying the dishwasher and cleaning up the kitchen or doing some of the laundry or, or whatever it may be, getting the yard rid of the leaves, and we finish, and then we wait. And we wonder, how long is it going to take for somebody to notice? Because really our motivation is less about doing the effort out of love for people. Rather, it's to be noticed. To be on top of the hill and to be noted as one in the family or in our, in our neighborhood or, or maybe in our workplace that did something great and we want that. We crave it. We long for it. Oh, we're willing to push and pull whatever it takes to have some semblance of control and power in our lives. And, and I think if we're honest, a lot of our pursuits in this world look a lot like that. A lot of times they're masked under false pretenses and, and, and false motives that really, when they mount and, and we look at what we're really about, it's really wanting to be at the center of it all. It's been that way for a long time for humanity. We can go all the way back to the garden and that desire to be like God and to think like God and to know all things like God. It was what led our, our ancestors into sin in the first place. And what does it bring? It brings death. And so I want to ask you, who reigns on top of the hill of your life today? Because the answer is, if it is you and me, if our desire is we want to reign at the top of our life, we want to be sovereign, we want to know all things, we want to be in control, we want to have the power, we want to have the final say, we want to be in charge. And the deal is that pursuit never ends, does it? It only leads to more worry, it leads to more concern, it leads to more stress, it leads to more anxiety, it leads to more fear. And the question is, how is that working for us? If our desire is to be on top of our health of life. And a lot of times we think, well, I only have so much time. And subliminally we, we know that our life is, is limited. And like the recess bell ending at the end of recess, we know, okay, I only have so much time. And, and the message of our world today is by all means do whatever it takes to live that life to the full. Even if it means hurting other people. Even if it means doing things that are selfish. Even if it means living for self at all costs. And our God enters into the mix. He says, what about me? A God who comes into this world and reminds us that He is sovereign, that He is all-powerful, that He is a God who has entered into the brokenness and the messed-up reality we face every day. And He reminds us that if we think that life is about being king of our own hill, 
We are so mistaken about what really matters. And a God who has come to remind us of that reality and the brokenness of the perceptions that we so much of the time try to live up to. And a God who tells us who we are and who we really need. And I say not only who we really need, but what we really need. And a God who would come near to us, who is willing to climb that hill. And I think about that in relation to what, what this text says about a God who would enter in and, and he is not done until everything evil and brokenness and even death itself is put under his feet. What would that cost him to enter to, into the depravity of humankind? Jesus enters right into the war that was waging and, and what does it do? It, it takes him and leads him willingly and purposefully, not as a victim, but as a savior to go the way of death in our place. And that death would happen on top of a hill where we climb across for us. The ultimate sacrifice that would bring the ultimate victory. And it harkens back to words that were spoken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years earlier right at the beginning of the fall of humankind when, when, when God makes it clear and he announces that curse over the evil one that he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah would enter in and his purpose would be ultimately to bring victory. As he would reign sovereign over death, sin, and brokenness. It's a God, a true king who would come worthy of our praise, worthy of our love, worthy of our adoration because he is what we never could be. And he gives us what we could never have in and of ourselves. The gift of peace, the gift of love, the gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness to know that what redefines us is who our God is and what he has come to accomplish among us. Why would we want to be king of our own hill of life? When our God comes sovereign among us to give us victory by what he has done. Man, it's a lot easier when we submit and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep up the pursuit of perceptions among other people. I, Lord, I need your reality to pervade my life with all that I can. And God says, now you get it. Because when you find that hope and that healing in my presence, now you have an opportunity to truly live. In these amazing days. I know what you're thinking though. At least some of you might be thinking this. Well if, if Jesus truly is king of the hill. And if Jesus truly is sovereign. Why, why is all this stuff happening in this world? If he's truly conquered the evil one. I remember hearing this recently. In one of our faculty morning devotions. One of our teachers shared out the devotion book that she'd been reading. An observation I never thought of before. When we see that the brokenness of humanity continue around us, we see, as we have again and again, terrorist activity and, and mass shootings in our nation and, and the hatred and, and anger and the struggles of our people. How do we explain that in life of a God who says, but I have victory today? And I was reminded of this, that when you kill a snake, and you chop off the head, and the head is crushed. I don't know if any of you have ever done this. You're saying, thanks, Pastor, for this visual, but bear with me. When that happens, the snake doesn't stop moving. The snake keeps slapping around. The tail just goes flying everywhere and causes havoc. And it shouldn't surprise us in this world. 
When we see the evil one just slapping around, causing harm and pain and struggle, he's continuing because he knows his days are limited. And he knows that the day is coming where there truly is a final end to all of this. As Jesus paid the price, he crushed the head of the stake, and the day is coming when he comes back in glory to give victory over death and sin and brokenness of humanity once and for all as our God has accomplished it for us. Because he's king, and we are not. And because he is king and sovereign, we can trust no matter what our circumstances today, no matter what the brokenness, no matter what the, the threats or the tail of the snake that continues to cause havoc around us today, our God has got victory over it because He is King and He is sovereign. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You for that victory. That You are King of the hill. A hill that You would climb that would take You to a cross to pay the price for death once and for all. It would cost you everything, but you didn't stop there. You brought victory with your resurrection as you reign as a living Savior and King who conquers that death and sin and gives us victory of love and grace and mercy in your presence today. And Jesus, we thank you that as you made your way ascending from another hill, proclaiming that victory to your people, you made it also very clear this was not something that was meant to be left to ourselves, but rather something meant to be shared. As we celebrate life here, no matter what the circumstances, celebrating and sharing the victory that is ours in our King and our Savior Jesus, who reigns eternal from now and forever. In your name we praise you.